Welcome to Talking Fußball Fantasy, your source for all things official fantasy Bundesliga with player picks as sharp as a Jan Sommer shot-stopping demonstration, fancy advice as smooth as Sasa Kalajic's stretcher delivery service, and two pundits who are delighted Kingsley Command changed his kit number this summer. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, one and all. My name is James Thorogood. This is Talking Fußball Fantasy Season 5, Match Day 29, and back at it again to break it all down. It's the fantasy Fußball got himself, Flo Reinecker. Flo, how did unlimited transfers uh, treat you last weekend not too bad but in the end like i had a decision if i keep schwebe in for six points or if i swap to riemann oh no <laughs> i thought ah oh, well he's playing oh, at, no. at hoffenheim that's a tough match I, i'll take the six points so that's that's 20 points wasted right there so it would have been a really great match day if it just would have made the switch and um, I opted to uh, keep Kostic as my star man. Oh no, rough uh, one. Who got nine points and, and didn't went with Nkunku. Yeah, um, that was uh, two decision. I think in hindsight, not just because of results. I think if you think it through um, more carefully, it probably weren't very good decisions. But uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's always like I worked on, on Saturday and it's, it's, it's always just like time is of the essence yep. between second Bundesliga and Bundesliga matches. It's, <laughs> it's a whole kerfuffle. And you, you have to do your decisions on the fly during that. And it, like sometimes it costs you. It's just the way it is. But James, I want to clarify, like I'm indifferent to Kingsley Command changing a squad number. Okay, you are, you're indifferent. I, I'm indifferent. So it's only one pundit who are, who is delighted he did changes, and I'm I'm just like I. <laughs> I, I, could I, I mean, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I'm delighted. I mean, that was just it was in Venice. I did yeah, in well, the intro. You, you, you're right. You yeah, you're taking it. my very literal literal yeah. intro. Um, is is one of those perplexing things. It was one of those things I felt I'm I had not to always telling the truth. What are you in, on about? What are you telling me that our fantasy <laughs> advice isn't as sharp as Jan's? On the shot stopping demonstrations, I think so. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every yeah, time. Yeah, we can. There we can. We can agree on. Yeah, and and, and great form by Sasa Kalajic as well. Yeah, no. Like caring for his opponent is is uh, it was really a nice thing. With all that happened on on the weekend and and Freiburg yeah. being so horrible, like like you know Nagelsmann said. I know. Well, unsportsmanlike <laughs> behavior by Freiburg. <laughs> I, I, and, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. We could, we could, I could get your opinion on it, but it seems. Like fine. You, you have to praise him for like delivering that speech with a straight face. <laughs> I mean, I, I couldn't have done it. Really. But like, I mean, you put the you put the shoe on the other foot, and I'm pretty sure that Bayern would have been kicking up a fuss. Like, I mean, absolutely. And then I also make the point that Freiburg shouldn't be the team that have to do anything about it. The DFB should have should have taken action for them. Yeah, and they were the ones who saved Bayern. I mean, they made like Nico Schlotterbeck. What, what, like, he couldn't defend Nabri on that day, but he was able to count to 12 when <laughs> no, like, no one else could uh, on the pitch. And he, he made Bayern aware that they were 12 men on the pitch. That was Nico Schlotterbeck. Like, he shouldn't have done that. Like, if Bayern had played, like, two minutes with 12 men, it was, like, no discussion. Yeah. Uh, it's over. Yeah. They lost that game. Yeah. So... Uh, who knows what's going to happen with that? My assessment would be that it's probably going to stand. And I'm not sure what's going to happen if we like if we get a replay match on that. Oh, that would be yeah, that would um, be interesting. But, yeah, but I, I think in terms of fantasy, like it's all 
said and done. So I don't think there will be any changes. Uh, we haven't seen any changes of the the Gladbach Bochum incident. So uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, we won't see no. any any of that. But like for context, um, like some people maybe doesn't know what we're talking about right now. Um, but Bayern, like they had twelve men on the pitch for uh, almost twenty seconds. Um, because Kuman didn't realize that he had to go off. Because they flashed uh, up, his, the they flashed up his old Freiburg. number as opposed to his yeah. current number. That was why. Yeah, yeah. And um, Freiburg is now protesting uh, the match. And Nagelsmann said, well, if he were in Streich's shoes, basically he said that, he wouldn't have done that. Like He would hardly lobbied uh, at, at um, the board that they shouldn't protest, which I, which is like really ridiculous in itself. Well, all that he said about, yeah. Well, it, it, it is because genuinely, I mean, Christian Streich wasn't the only person that made that decision. And I, if anything, I would believe that Christian Streich was probably one of the people which they did say there was a big conflict internally. I do think Christian Streich was probably one of the people saying, we don't need to do this. This isn't the way we want to operate. Well, well you know, yeah, but, but, but I mean, they have to do it. If you look objectively... They playing for the Champions League. It's just not like yes, ugh, come on. And uh, we've we've seen stuff in the past. And I, I mean, what 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 rubs me the wrong way with Nagelsmann is just like no responsibility for this mistake being owned by Bayern. Like it's this, it's that, and they 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 throwing um the the woman the team manager of Bayern they're throwing her under the bus from, yeah. from making the 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 mistake with the number putting up the 29 and not the 11 for command but for Christ's sake you are the head coach <laughs> isn't that like if you you wanted that command is coming yeah. off you you should own that mistake and not point fingers at Freiburg so i, I really don't know what's what's going on there. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, if you if you had made the decision to bring Kingsley Coman off, you should also notice that he was still on the pitch after the substitution, yes. right? Like genuinely, yeah. like there's and, it, it's silly. and even if you don't, I mean, you're, you're the head coach, that w which means it's your team making that mistake, yeah. and then you should you put yourself in front of the team and not say, yeah, that was her mistake, so she is to blame for that. Yeah. It's bad it, leadership. It, it, well, yeah, I was going to say, Bayern and Nagelsmann have not covered themselves in glory in the way they've handled this. Absolutely. I, no. I certainly agree there. Um, yeah, and sorry, but I had to get that out of the way. I had to get that out of the system, James, to now concentrate on fantasy. It's, it's good. Ever since Werder Bremen got relegated, we haven't heard a very passionate rant from you. So I'm glad <laughs> that we were able to give you the platform to do that tonight. <laughs> yeah. Um, but okay, let's talk, let's talk some fantasy because that's what we are here for. Again, we're kind of doing this on the fly, ladies and gents. It seems to be the way we're doing every episode right now. So we didn't put out a tweet asking for questions. We did get one in though. And so I will encourage you, please, if you've got a question, just send it in preferably on Wednesday, because we tend to be recording on Wednesday more often right now. And therefore, you'll still get in the show and we can still answer your question, um, even though we don't send out a tweet asking for them. But the question that has come in is from at Brinny Hoof, who, just quickly, I hope the shoulder recovery is going well. But yeah, I, yeah, I, I do. I hope, I, hope it's, I hope it's going really well, because we heard from you before the, uh, the Christmas break that you were going under the knife. So I, I hope everything is on the up and up now for the most part. But he says, a question for the pod. He says, based on this week's fixtures and anticipating their clashes next week, would you pick Anton Stach or Chris Furich? Uh, I'd go with 
Dach, actually. So Stuttgart is traveling to Mainz next match day. So that's what Brian Hoof is is hinting at. I, I like Stach no matter what the next um, matchup is. But at home against Stuttgart is a, is a pretty good one. I think I have to get it out of my head that Dortmund is this tough fixture. I mean, they, in, in defense, they, like that was comical at times what they did. I mean, there's the screen, screenshots before the Olmo goal where you saw that was total disarray. I'm a youth coach. I'm, I, I'm, I'm coaching kids there from, from uh, seven to eight years old. And I, I would stop the game. I, I, I'd say freeze. And then everyone has to stop and, and sit where they are. And sometimes I say, okay, now look, what do you see? Where are you positioned? So what is wrong? So everyone is, is in one line, basically. And that's, that's very common in a youth game. But it shouldn't happen uh, at the Bundesliga level. It, that was... I'm not sure what was going on there, but uh, poor form by, by Dortmund in this one. So... Maybe, I think Führich and, and Stach are both fine picks. I wouldn't mind them if I had both in my squad. I wouldn't mind if I had both in my squad next week, but I slightly prefer Stach. Yeah, especially given the time that we're recording tonight. The game has just finished, but Anton Stach was benched in the 2-1 loss to Augsburg yeah, in midweek, the, re, the rescheduled fixture. So yeah, that, that actually does speak for Stach this weekend as well. And I agree with you. I think Stach might be someone that we mention a fair bit during this show. But seeing as we were talking about Dortmund there and you were saying they're not quite the hard matchup that we used to think they are, let's maybe dive into the fixture list, starting with that Friday night game between Stuttgart and BVB. Now, Stuttgart are actually the form team among the bottom six right now with eight points picked up from their last 15 on offer and if you're talking about form one man in particular seems to be out of it a little bit by his incredibly lofty standards that being Erling Haaland he's gone four matches without scoring for the first time in his Bundesliga career the other big news in terms of strikers actually is that Sasa Kalajic is out with Covid so if you did bank on him last week. It was a, a decent move. He, he performed well, but unfortunately not available this week for you. So with that in mind, Flo, is this potentially time with a Friday night fixture to jump on the Erling Haaland bandwagon? I'm not convinced, really, from what I saw by Dortmund. He's on the fringes of, of my thoughts um, of the match day just because he's playing on a Friday evening and you got the confirmation of the starting lineup, and that's worth a lot. I mean, this is a match day full of uncertainty. We will come to that later in the show, but uh, that's why I'm interested in Dortmund and Stuttgart players because of the certainty. And no one else is giving the certainty that uh, Dortmund and, and Stuttgart can give you. And before uh, Dortmund is traveling to Munich, they have a home match against Wolfsburg, which is also looking quite tasty at the moment. So there are arguments to be made, but they're just not looking that good right now. I mean, if, if Gio Reyna starts, I, I definitely could be persuaded to, to invest in him because he's a midfielder in the game. And maybe like if push comes to shove, I'm, I'm also investing in, in Haaland. And in the end, I mean, to, to make it clear, like some of my reasoning, I didn't uh, go with Kalajic because Sosa was out. So I was all out on my Stuttgart assets because of Sosa not being able to play. That oh, so you didn't, didn't, you didn't go for Karazor either? No, uh, I had him in my squad and then I had like, like 30 millions in the bank. I said, come on, this is ridiculous. <laughs> you don't need a 2 million <laughs> defender 
if you like, you, I, I could have basically pointed on any player in the Bundesliga and said, like, you're, you're my team. And then I said, so, uh, I mean, Guerrero didn't look that great, but he has a Friday evening game. This match day, I've got the money. He's overpriced and all that, but money is no concern of mine. And in the end, that's why I went with Guerrero um, over Carasol. So I had Carasol in my draft. But then I didn't go with him and um, I had Furish in my draft, didn't go with him because money wasn't an issue. And I just felt like like Sosa is a big loss for Stuttgart and I wasn't all too convinced that they would put up even the performance they did because they like they were close to winning. They should have won that game at, at Bielefeld. And, um, but I, I, I just felt that Sosa is such an integral part of the Stuttgart game that I didn't feel comfortable uh, going with Kalajic without like his best man. And, and yeah, I mean, there's a very, very fair assessment. I would say that the only thing, I mean, the point to make here is that I think you made it last week. Stuttgart Bielefeld was the game between the two sides that conceded the most shots on goal. Yes. So yeah, two and third, uh, third is the most, that's but right. that, like, in second and third place. That's right. So, I mean, th yeah. that would still lend itself to the idea that Dortmund could still score big, even if their back line is a little bit porous, yes. which does, you know, mean that maybe getting an attacking asset or two might be worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You you can invest in both sides, yeah. And and uh, I, I think it's not so bad this weekend to front load a bit because I I, I bet that everyone has players in the squad that probably won't be in the starting lineup come oh, weekend. That's, a, that's an interesting assessment. Yet we have sandwich games for, for Bayern, Leipzig and Frankfurt. True. Between Europa League and, and Champions League issues. Mm. Um, and and th there could be a, a lot of rotation going going on. In, in these matches and we've got other like with Gapa we got some uncertainty because what is going on with Jonas Hofmann yes is he, is he going to play or is he is he coming from the bench that like, that impacts the whole squad well official and, DNL gave him the green tick today which for me is basically means it is, it's official but I, unfortunately it's that we can't quite take it yeah. for face value there <laughs> okay and I, I, I haven't seen that yeah uh, is a lot, especially with Bayern. Like we saw games in the past where, like Thomas Müller didn't even dress, so stuff like that could happen. Bayern were a headache last weekend as well. I mean, Kimmich was you know dealing with becoming a father for the third time, if I'm not mistaken. Lewandowski had the rib injury, and then Goretzka came out of nowhere. It's a tough <laughs> match day, and that that definitely makes all the Dortmund assets more interesting. Guerrero, we talked about midfield. I definitely prefer uh, Giorena if he's in the starting lineup, and, and up front, of course, is Erling Haaland. And we saw that as soon as Haaland was back in the squad, I mean, Marco Royce should have put Dortmund in front, and like for some reason he was trying to to play a pass. I'm not, I'm not sure what was going on there, but that that would be my options: Reina, Guerrero, Haaland, and I mean, because I I don't love many options this weekend. I I can imagine even if I don't love uh, having Reina and Haaland, that I still will will make the move because. Money is not an issue for me right now. Yeah. And um, in fantasy, unfortunately, only. But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't get on the Bitcoin train. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, if, yeah. I'm not Elon Musk. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If only we all had shares in Twitter or could just invest a, a couple, you know, million in them. Um, yeah. yeah. If only. I mean, this is it. it, it we were talking a bit off air 
before we we got on today about the fact that this match day is a headache. So let's move on from the Friday night game. I do agree with you. That gives us a level of security this weekend that I think is going to be very valuable. Yeah. Um, and, but, and, and with Stuttgart, I think Carlso is still fine for his price tag. Yeah. Um, oh, he got 10 points. So, I think he was one of the best scoring defenders last weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think eight in the oh, end. It got oh, changed. They, they took, uh, a, they took a jewel still, away from him. I mean, it's decent. Yeah. He probably ended up in your starting lineup if you had him. So it's all right. Sosa is probably coming back but it's the same issue with Sosa a bit for me if Kalajic is not in a squad I'm not as interesting in Sosa as I would have been otherwise so um, he isn't a priority but Fury is still a, still a good 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 player to have yeah no I, I do agree with that but then let's let's move on to the Saturday games because I think the headaches here are coming not just from the fixtures because the fixtures aren't exactly that enjoyable but it's also navigating the minefields as you say there's going to be a little bit of a rotation we've got some players coming back from injury will they go straight back into the starting lineup will they be on the bench and it means that we've got a bit of a headache in terms of at least for my squad, where I'm going to make the moves, who I'm going to take out what three transfers am I going to make right now I think I'm at a complete loss. I think the only decision maybe I've got in my head right now is that I need to sell either Kostic or Lindstrom because I don't like a Frankfurt double up after a Barcelona game. That's the only thing I've got in my head right now. Yeah, and uh, like these are definitely two guys who are in risk of rotation. And it's my bad for not taking that more into account as we were recording last week. Like I hadn't really thought... Like I was just looking at the Bundesliga fixtures and... uh, (laughs) I think I haven't thought too much about what how the Barcelona games might impact because now I would feel safer if I didn't have like I feel safe with Indica. He he's going to play I I think yeah he, I but think he's a lock yeah Lindstrom and even Kostic if if Lenz is is fit to play just not sure it depends on how the first leg will play out I think. And I've just seen the starting lineup uh, of Bayern. And that's interesting. Davis in the, is in the starting lineup. He is. Um, against Villarreal. Oh, okay. Which means, in my mind, James, he won't play uh, against Augsburg. So all I, I was thinking if he doesn't play at Villarreal, I would think about Davis as a Vegas pick. Because then he probably, um, Nagelsmann will try to get him minutes against Augsburg. But now he's starting, I don't see him start two games in a row after such a long pause. I can't see that happening. And what's interesting... Especially given that I think the nature of the reason that he had to have a long pause as well, you know, and a heart thing, you just want to be as careful yeah. as possible with stuff like that, I reckon. So, yeah, no, I'd agree um, with you. But I just basically, I don't want to say too much, but Goretzka isn't starting. Muziala is starting next to Kimmich. I believe that that means that Goretzka is probably going to start against Augsburg. Mm. It's like 70%, like 65%. It's it's so tough to predict that, but um, that makes uh, Goretzka definitely interesting as a pick. Okay. Well, I mean, you're talking about the first game we were going to talk about, Bayern against Augsburg, because, yeah, I mean... This is a fixture Augsburg won the reverse fixture early this season. Robert Lewandowski had one of his worst fantasy outings ever last weekend, but has actually scored 22 goals in 18 meetings with Augsburg and has only failed to score in two of his 12 games against them during his time as a Bayern player. But is your player pick then Leon Goretzka then? <sighs> oh, it's probably Leroy Zane. 
because he isn't playing as well and in the starting lineup and i guess then he'll start i'm just, i'm not feeling safe with Müller uh right now uh, just because i think one of these days maybe he just gets a day off <laughs> yeah well, he, he and, deserves one let's be honest maybe it's depending if if we get a like a ruling on the dfb front like if if it stands that they won at Freiburg, they they are nine nine points clear. They 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 have the better goal difference by miles. They basically have nothing to play for in the Bundesliga, and all the focus will be on the Champions League. And that's like we we, we hit these stretches before in fantasy, and it's, it's always tough waters to navigate through. So I guess I would feel safe enough to pull the trigger on Goretzka. And I would feel safe enough to pull the trigger uh, on Sunday because both are not in the starting lineup. Yeah, that's it. I don't think I, I don't think I have anything to add on that one. I mean, Bayern, Bayern are, as you say, they get they become a tricky market, but right now they're relatively straightforward. Although I don't, know- I think Lewandowski will play just because of like his chance yes. to like uh, uh, add a new record. Record. He has to, uh, I think, score eleven goals in the last six games. So it's a tall order. But I mean, it's Robert Lewandowski and it's Bayern. He he, he could score a three now against Augsburg and, and and close that gap to his own record. So oh yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. I mean, they're going to let him play with a, a rib injury. Then I think they're going to let him play when he's fitter than he was last weekend. Uh, so yeah, I, I'd agree with you. I mean, Lewandowski. I, let's be honest. I think anyone that took him out of their squad. I mean, hats off to you. It was a major risk, and it, it could have been rewarded you handsomely. But uh, yeah, I think most people would have just stuck by Lewandowski just to be on the safe side, and also knowing that you know, as much as you can get a differential without him, you know, you're playing the safer game by keeping him in your squad. Let's move on to the next game. I say it's more attractive but it's not because it's Wolfsburg <laughs> against Bielefeld um, now Bielefeld they're bottom of the form table one point from the last five matches but they have actually claimed uh, the most points away from home this season amongst the Bundesliga's bottom five and after Augsburg's result today Wolfsburg back in that bottom five very much in the relegation mix still yeah and yet, I mean, they looked a shambles last weekend yes. um, against Augsburg. And I mean, there was dissent amongst the players on the pitch. It just looked bad. So this doesn't feel like an investable match flow. Yes. But so do all the other, basically all other <laughs> matches have like, you have some kind of issues with, with the match. If we get news on Roussillon on the presser, because uh, he was injured last week, is he good to go? Then maybe for 6.3 million. Bielefeld just like they can't score goals. I think one goal in their last five games, uh, uh, something like that. So a Wolfsburg defender would be decent. I think if you you had Wimmer in your squad, I think it's, it's still okay. He wouldn't, de- he definitely wouldn't be a priority for me to sell. But if, if I would pull the trigger on any other Wolfsburg player, Apart from Roussillon, I doubt it. Well, I mean, I, I brought in Babu last week. So uh, Babu, uh, I yeah, genuinely okay. thought, yeah, he was a bit of a differential. I thought he might, you know, it gave me a bit more flexibility in my back line. I thought against Augsburg, there was every chance that they might keep a clean sheet. And so I don't, I don't necessarily regret that he ended up on my bench, but I'm hoping that that decision pays off a little bit more this weekend. Yeah. Only issue is like, 
he played not that good and it could be Baku now that is the uh, problem. against Bielefeld. Yeah. <laughs> that is exactly the problem. And he's a midfielder in the game. So um, it's not like even now we've got another option to invest in. No, we, we don't. It's... it's Oh, James, it's, it's, it's a horrible match day. It's a horrible really, match day, I, I yeah. can't remember having a match day where I thought, oh, this game, no, next, no, no, not this game, no, no options. Yeah, well, I, 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 like I feel like there are only three teams that I'm like really happy to invest in, and it's that's Dortmund, that's Dortmund Bayern, and, and Gladbach. We'll get to Gladbach in a second. Yeah, and, and Bayern, I'm not happy to invest in Bayern because no, yeah, exactly. like you spend a lot of money, and then like you you're really sweating uh, the starting lineup because <laughs> yeah. yeah, cross your fingers that, that your guy is in the starting lineup and, and not like Julian Nagelsmann has other ideas. Yeah. No, absolutely. Then okay, let's let's move on to the next one. Cologne against Mainz. Mainz, as we've mentioned a couple of times, were in midweek action, losing against Augsburg earlier this evening. Cologne, they've got Anthony Modest back from injury, but Sebastian Anderson is now out injured. So that'll be a straight swap you'd imagine up front for them. But we talked about Anton Stach. We said we'd mention him. And the fun fact about Anton Stach is that he is in the 99th percentile Bundesliga wide for both shots attempted and interceptions made this season. And I don't think we need to explain on this fantasy show that interceptions count as challenges one. Shots, of course, uh, are definitely uh, good things to have uh, in terms of point collectors. Yeah. and But you you should explain these percentile uh, is in regards on his position. So uh, he's compared with other players playing his positions, if I'm not mistaken. Who's up from the, the percentile? I don't know, because I'm just reading the stat off the stat sheet, and it says he's in the 99th percentile Bundesliga-wide. So <laughs> <laughs> okay. this, is, this is the extent of the preparation on a Wednesday night, but you're going to delve into the treasure trove of statistics, are you, to find out who's above him? No, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just like, I've got the statue as like, well. The, the, the way um, I read that. Do you have the English one or the German version? I was taking it out of the, the English one. And I was, I read, I read that as not just plays in his position, but Bundesliga wide. And it would make sense because I can't imagine, but I can't imagine there being many other people that make the same amount of interceptions as he does and the same amount of shots. Yeah. Interceptions. I'm, 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 I'm right. But. Like this is a like I know this percentile by that these are scouting metrics and they usually compare to similar players, um, players who have a similar role. That's my understanding of that. But I like I, it's not in the in the German stat sheet. I can tell you that much. But so I've where, got where another source where I can <laughs> look. Well, we 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 move on, and I'm trying to. <laughs> He'll try and figure it out. I think uh, at the end of the day, what we're saying is that Anton Stach he makes a lot of interceptions, he, and he, he has, likes a, has he likes you know he likes hitting a, a ball at, at a goal as well, and those are both good things in the fantasy world because they both help you rack up points. That's the reason we're highlighting him. And as we mentioned, he was benched in midweek against Augsburg, so he kind of feels like he's top of the shopping list when it comes to this game Cologne against Mainz. Although I think you can make a case, Anthony Modest. On home soil, you know, another sold out crowd at the, the Ryan Energy Stadion that Kelowna, a tough team to beat. They proved that against Dortmund last time out. Mainz may be dropping off now in form. You can ask that question as well. Um, and they're certainly not as proficient on the road as they are at home. Mainz, that's another very important point to make. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's a bigger issue for me for Mainz. It's not like. Um, now they're second off because they lost at Augsburg. It's always their away form is patchy and their home form is pretty good. 
Have you have you got to the bottom of the the, the treasure trove yet? It's not in the German one, so I'm I'm like you you go on, okay. James. I'm I'm well, just I, trying I mean, the question to, is, to see what what the English colleagues uh, have have done. At the end of the day, the premise is that uh, he he racks up some fair few fantasy points. He's only six point two million as a midfielder as well. I mean, not that we're really in need of enablers right now. I don't think Flo's alone in having a fair bit of money in his bank. Um, but Anton Stach is a is a valuable candidate moving forward because Mainz also have a couple of uh, relatively nicer fixtures ahead there. They've got Stuttgart at home and then Wolfsburg away to come as well. about Furt against Gladbach, one where maybe there is a bit more choice in terms of player picks. Admittedly, it's an easy thing to say that Gladbach are the investable team here against Goethefurt, but Goethefurt do continue to show that they can frustrate and thwart teams they did against Frankfurt last time out. Uh, now at home against Gladbach, all f- Three of their wins this season have come on home soil as well. And Gladbach, meanwhile, they have not strung together a four-match unbeaten league run since March to April of 2021. So they're looking to recreate that this weekend. We mentioned the Jonas Hoffman conundrum because, yes, he is back in team training. So too is Marcus Turam. The question really being, is he fit enough to get into the starting lineup? And then if he is... Who makes way? Because I don't know about you. Well, actually, I do know about you because you mentioned Nkunku was your last midfielder. I actually brought in Lars Stindl, thinking that he was a good choice for not just last week, but this week as well. I now worry a little bit if Hoffman does come back because I think... Yeah, I agree. Oh, you're, you're more convinced than I am. Okay. Stindl will play. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm almost 100% that Stindl will play. So who's your player pick then from this game? But he, he won't play... Probably not 90 well, that's minutes. It. He came off quite early last weekend against yes. Mainz as well. And that yes. was a bit concerning. And I can see that, that same thing happening. And, and I can see Hofmann getting one more game where he comes off the bench before he's going to start again. I can see that happening. Oh, so maybe, maybe that's and the that's why my, my player pick is Rami Benzibaini. Yeah. <laughs> 10.8 million. It's not very creative to put his name out, but... Now that I think we, it's fair to say that the three-man backline is probably going to be Ginter, Alvedi, and Bayer. Um, he, he can go forward. He was close to scoring a goal against mine, so he's getting into position one of these days is probably going to pay off. We talked about that with Frimpong um, at Leverkusen, that like you, you, if you see that, you saw the matches, you saw how close he always was to making... A big fantasy impact and like like one of these days it just make bang and it happened and I, I think it can be the case with Ben Zbaini as well. And uh, uh, James, I, I just uh, so, uh, Anton Stach has forty shots at goal so far this season. That's thirty nines in the Bundesliga in terms of total shots. Um, of course, this is probably um, you have to adjust for minutes plays probably but I, I can't imagine him being at 99 percentile which is basically and has to be in the in, in, in top 10 right then maybe I don't know whether this is where the confusion is coming from the way I read this he's in the 99th percentile for shots on goal 
and interceptions combined. So how many other players are having as many shots on goal and making as many interceptions? Yeah. You, you know, like Stefan Ortega is probably uh, in, the, in a pretty high percentile if you combine shots saved <laughs> and uh, I'm not, I'm not shots echoed. I'm not debating where these statistics <laughs> are come from or how they come up with them. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying like, I, I don't see the connection between these two uh, to combine them and say like no one has, if you add interceptions and shots on goal, no one has more. Yeah, that that's definitely, uh, yeah, I, I can see that that is possible. I'm just not sure, like, for what this is a useful stat. Well, for, for us, in terms, in terms us, of fantasy, fantasy is a yes. great stat. But apart from fantasy, <laughs> I, 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 like, this, it, for me, it seems pretty unrelated if you are able to make interceptions or if you're able to make shots on goal. It's, yeah. Just my two cents. Okay, all right. We might agree. We might agree to disagree there. I think. I mean, I think that's a that's a good statistic. If you're a holding midfielder, okay. you know, to show that you can kind of do things at both ends of the pitch. But with that, this is maybe a debate for. Yeah. A- <laughs> oh, yeah. If you explain it that way, I, it's, a, it's yeah, a debate for another show. Don't worry about it. Let's let's move on to the Saturday late game now that we've cleared up that mystery because uh, this is an interesting one as well. A, a Berlin derby between Hertha and Union. Now this is the third time they're meeting this season. Union have won both of the other two games uh, in the reverse fixture in the league and in the. The DFB Pokal. So they're looking to make it three wins out of three and really stamp their authority in the capital city. Hertha, meanwhile, um, are also second bottom in the table after 28 matches. And that was uh, the case also in the 2011-12 campaign when they were relegated via the playoffs. So things are not looking uh, so good for them at present. But is this a game to invest in, Flo? Because I brought in Nico Gieselman over Atakan Karazor last weekend, thinking, oh, I didn't mind his matchup this weekend either. Mm-hmm. I think I still stand by that yeah, premise because Hertha, Hertha just don't enthrall me. And at Union, at least we saw them get back to winning ways last time out. Yeah, but come on. I, I saw that game. They shouldn't have scored a, ge- a goal in that game. It was a gift by Jonas Hector. A huge gift, yes. <laughs> so they still like, their attack still looks dysfunctional without Max Kruse. And I mean, Sven Michel, they brought him in um, at the winter break as a Kruse replacement. I know it's not like you can't just replace Max Kruse. That's not possible. But like he's not making any impact. And, and that's definitely also creating some issues for Union. So uh, I actually like the only player... I would think about investing in this one is Marvin Plattenhardt if we get a green light that he's good to go. Because what we saw in the first match of Hata is how important the set pieces will be for them. And I guess that's the reason why Plattenhardt will definitely play. I mean, three of his three kids led to a goal in the first game under Maga. I, Maga, I, I don't expect him to be dropped as long as he's able to play. But if we don't get any news on that, it's probably a stay away game for me personally. But if you invested in a guy like Gieselmann, like you ride it out. Uh, I think is there, there are probably other guys you, you'd rather sell uh, than him. Yeah. No. yeah. And, and uh, we just got news that, that uh, Pekarik probably injured himself. So if you make a step at Lucas Klünter, He's probably the replacement for Pekarik, but... I was going to say, you don't, you don't exactly sound enthralled by that option. <laughs> no, no, no. I just want, like, 
Yeah, I, I wanted to inform our audience, but yeah, that, better <laughs> stay away from him because he's not taking set pieces. So what are you gaining by that? Yeah, no, no, oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, nothing. he's cheap, one point six million. Uh, but you're, you're investing into the head to back line as well, which I think is hard to advise to do. But I do agree with you. If you're going to do it, Marvin Plattenhard is the way to go. But this, this is why this weekend is such a headache. I feel like this might be one of the most useless episodes of fancy advice ever because yeah. we're basically like this weekend sucks. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm feeling so. We do apologize. Totally useless, James. I'm, I'm not feeling comfortable myself, and then it's really tough to make. Yeah. Uh, yeah, to, to try to make like, but that's like, that's the lesson on this episode. That's probably like no certainty right now. Maybe we get some more if the pressers are in and we get confirmation on a guy like Plattenhardt. We get confirmation on a guy like Roussillon, for instance. These could be two players you can look at on the weekend like this, or maybe even Nagelsmann says, yeah, Goretzka was on the bench, but we'll see him against Augsburg. He needs to get in the rhythm. We need nuggets like that to to make better decisions. And we just like, fortunately, we don't have to do the decisions on Wednesday evening. Yeah, that is the, the good thing. It is the reason that we tend to not actually record these on Wednesday as well, because I think both of us like coming into the shows with a bit more of an idea of what we're going to do, because it does help us lay the foundation for the rest of you. But I think genuinely, even if we'd recorded this tomorrow, I'd have been just as clueless <laughs> when it came to this weekend. Yeah. So um, let's let's move on. We've got, uh, what, three games remaining. It's the Sunday fixtures uh, still to come. Uh, of course, a couple of these sides still involved in Europe as well. But the first one, not the case because it's Bochum against Leverkusen. That's the Sunday early fixture. Now, only Mainz and Bayern have conceded fewer goals in home matches this season than Bochum, who, of course, as we've already mentioned, the top of the show uh, had a certain Manuel Riemann set a new record uh, for most points collected in a single match. They were 26 points credited with two assists. No one. Was it one assist? Oh no, sorry. Two, that's it. Two shots, uh, two shots created. That was it. One assist, two shots created. Um, so an incredibly impressive thing for a goalkeeper. And they're coming up against the Leverkusen side in decent form as well. They're actually the second best away team in the Bundesliga behind the league leaders, Bayern. But again, there's a bit of a headache here because Patrick Schick was back on the bench. You think he might be in the starting lineup for this one, but you're not certain. He could be a big differential flow, but oh, you're shaking your head, so you don't want to touch it. <laughs> no, but like, how, how many minutes does he get? Like, you true? got the yeah. uncertainty in the first place. Alario scored a really great goal against Hata. A weekend like this um, would have been nice if we get some certainty, but. I just like I, I'm pretty sure that he's probably not up for 90 minutes, and they don't want to rush him. They they want to qualify for the Champions League. They they need Patrick Schick. It's it's looking pretty good right now. So I I can't see them risking too much with him. Yep, and, and and that's exactly exactly why I phrased that question that way because it's exactly like that. And even if they do risk him against a physical Borkham side as well, I think if they were coming up against another team, you could maybe rationalise it more. But a physical Borkham side that are likely to really make life difficult for Patrick Schick, and I'm only reacting because a certain Villarreal have just scored in the Champions League. 
spoiler alert. Really? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, th- that's why I, I, I would I would have looked at Schick as a worthy candidate to potentially bring in and maybe ease some of my concerns up front. It would also have been able to bring in a bit more flexibility in those three striker roles. And it just doesn't seem like one that I can really convince myself into making because it seems, you know, I love a gamble. I like thinking outside the box, but that's far too much of a gamble, even for my standards. So is there anyone else that you'd be looking at from that game, Flo? Yeah. I mean, I brought in Musa Diaby last weekend and I'm pretty happy with that decision. I just wish I'd made him my star man. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. And I went with Mitchell Bakker. I'm not, I wasn't happy with, with his performance, but I still probably will keep him I'm in my squad. Should we talk, <laughs> should we talk about Frankfurt against Friday? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, I know. I suppose. Oh. Um, Bellarabi is a striker, so we mentioned him This is, last this is week, another reason that this, this yeah. weekend is such a headache. There are many players I would have looked at last season but because of their position changes this season you just can't consider them and and Bellarabi is actually one of the chief candidates there the Bayern guys are another one because you know it, with the rotation at least if you had an extra midfielder out of Canabri or Sane you could maybe uh, afford to bring in a Bayern midfielder and rotate as well but you just can't do that this time around it's very very frustrating so let's talk about Frankfurt Freiburg we again we touched on them earlier a little bit but in terms of Frankfurt only Greuterfurt and Arminia Bielefeld have claimed fewer points at home this season than the Eagles. Meanwhile, with Freiburg, they're winless in four against Frankfurt. Niels Peterson had a, a wonderful moment where he came off and scored uh, his 100th competitive goal for Freiburg off the bench, of course, because he's the king of scoring off the bench. 33 goals as a substitute. Um, he actually has a good record against Frankfurt. The problem is he won't be in the starting lineup. And so the question I asked you earlier, Lindstrom Kostic, you talked about the double up. You're twisting then as, a, as opposed to sticking then, I think based on what you said earlier in the show. Yeah, I don't know, James. Um, I well, think because both, let's be honest, they're both going to start against Barcelona. My logic then, I, I, I agree with you, Lentz is a bit of an issue lurking in the background for Kostic, but my logic would be that Lindstrom would be the likelier to yeah. get dropped and rotated, right? I agree, but I can see, like, it's it, it will depend in my mind how the first leg against Barcelona will play out. If, for instance, like they win this 1-0, for instance, like the second leg is so huge for Frankfurt. Yeah, so true. I can see them sitting both, actually. So if they lose this, like Barcelona goes on to a tear at Frankfurt, they win with three goals, uh, then I wouldn't have any issues sticking with Lindstrom and Kostic because then it's over. And uh, Glasner will know it's over and they try everything to get in seventh place because that might be enough to go to the Conference League. But we don't know that. So uh, I I would want to wait for the Europa League match against Barcelona to make my decision there. And maybe like even Glasner will tell us something what he is planning to do uh, on Sunday. Oh, that would be nice. I mean, maybe maybe this is the weekend where everything changes in the Bundesliga and all the head coaches just come out and say, here's exactly what I'm going to do on the weekend with my squad, just so that you'll know. Um, is there anything to say to the Freiburg market? Because yes. sure, I, I assume there was one that a lot of people steered clear of last weekend against Bayern. But let's be honest, they have some valuable assets in there still, don't they? Yeah, and I, I don't mind Gunther and I don't mind Greed for. Uh, especially right now, because money isn't an issue. Otherwise, both would probably be um, too expensive for my taste. But they're playing at Frankfurt. 
I actually think they, they have a good chance of winning this one um, in, as a sandwich between Barcelona. Like, all the hype is about Barca and none is about Freiburg. And uh, I mean, Freiburg has everything to play for still. And that could be uh, make a, di- a big difference. And after this game, they have two home games in a row uh, against Bochum and against Gladbach. So Grifo and Günther, they actually are in consideration for me. Just because Sunday game gives you flexibility. We got a lot of uncertainty with other clubs. You don't have any uncertainty with uh, Grifo and Günther as long as they don't get last minute Corona uh, knock on wood knock uh, on positive. Wood. <laughs> We're like we've seen yeah. that all too often this season. But uh, like as safe as we can be right now, you can feel with Grifo and Günther, and, yes. and I mean that's worth something you can gamble on any every decision and if you're right you you're probably better off but i think it's far more likely that you you won't hit um every uh, squad how how they will shape out and then look for certainty in in places uh where you can find them and and freiburg definitely one of these clubs that lends certainty and i actually like them to to win this one at frankfurt Yep, you only get to drop one ball on the roulette wheel. Um, so make it a good one and make it make the choice count. No, I, I I agree with you. I think Grifo and Gunter they're kind of these staples that in most fixtures you can maybe fall back on for a bit of consistency and reliability in your squad. And that, as you say, this weekend that might be incredibly valuable. Okay, let's close out the show. The final game: Leipzig against Hoffenheim. Leipzig again. They will be in action uh, tomorrow against Atalanta on home soil. So again, a bit of rotation expected. But let's be honest, Leipzig also have a depth in their squad that not a lot of other teams in the Bundesliga do so they can compensate yeah, that's bad for it's, us, it's bad for us it's good for them they yeah. can compensate for the rotation it does make our issues a little bit uh, tougher to navigate although I mean it is one of those as well you maybe look at a game like the one against Atalanta and you say whoever's in the starting lineup you know, is more likely to drop out. So we wait to see what decision is made by Domenico Tedesco. Um, but this is a, it's a decent game to close out the match day. Christopher Nkunku, the only player uh, so far this season to reach double digits in terms of goals and assists. He was involved in all four of Leipzig's goals in that incredible 4-1 thrashing of Dortmund. And uh, you can maybe make an argument for Conrad Limers first, but you could say Danny almost scored the pick of the goals in that one as well. He has three goals and three assists in his last six Bundesliga appearances. So, who would you trust to close out the match day, and uh, how closely are you relying on the starting lineup tomorrow night to, to factor into your decisions? I think it's tough because it's a very important fixture for Leipzig. If they win this one, is almost the qualification for the Champions League, which is the main goal for Leipzig. So I'm not sure that against a direct opponent, Hoffenheim has four, like they, they trailing Leipzig by four points. So if Hoffenheim wins at Leipzig, they, they're back in it with a shout. And I mean, Leipzig will know that. I, I personally believe that we don't see as much rotation, but there are some places where you said it before, Tedesco, like he, he can throw a dark, blindfolded and hit the right guy and say, yeah, now you play. <laughs> it's like, Forsberg almost shows like playing. Yeah. Like, well, can you make a, a wrong decision there? Probably not. And same on the right flank. You, you're playing Henrys, you're playing Klosterman, or you, you, you're playing Mukiele. You're doing fine. So it's, 
You're not making a mistake there. You play Lima, and then like Campbell probably is your second guy there. But uh, I mean, Haidar I think is injured, so uh, he's not an option there. But like he has so many options that are really on eye level that not making much rotation can still mean like two or three places where we're not sure just because of the dance of the squad. And that's why I probably will leave it as Nkunku. I think you can feel safe with Angelino, just like his form is just not so consistent fantasy-wise that I'm like, he's overpriced, but we said that for a lot of people and it's right now, it's not a counter argument for me if the player in itself can perform yeah. at least decent. Yeah. Then the, the price stack doesn't matter too much right now because it's like the way the market shapes out. You, you probably have the money to get the guys you want in your squad. Uh, yeah, and I mean, it's why I was genuinely so annoyed about the fact that there was a doubt over Yorta Kimmich because I know we did, debated the merits of bringing him into your squad, but he was exactly that type of player where you thought, ah, you know what, he's, he's a bit overpriced, but... There are just many factors that play in his favor. Set piece taking, the fact that he does get forward, yeah. he does have shots on goal, like he does have this consistent level of output in a fantasy sense that you can rely upon. And he was in my draft until, of course, Julian Nagelsmann came at his press conference and said, well, basically, we're going to leave it up to him whether he turns up or not. And it was the the birth of his third child. Okay, yeah, birth like, of his third I child was, Yeah. He was like, I had Furish. I didn't have Kimmich in my draft. And then it was, uh, Sosa isn't a goal. And I like I I didn't trust Stuttgart anymore. I, I took Furish out, and like I couldn't find another player I want to up like spend money for that I really liked. And in the end, I said, "Oh come on!" Uh, and I went with Kimmich. So uh, I haven't heard the rumors that he <laughs> might not play. So. Well, it, it was basically yeah, because he was expecting his third child. But uh, better lucky to be good at at, at some point. Yeah. <laughs> at times. <laughs> no, and, and this is it. Maybe you know, I've 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 had my first daughter uh, within the last year. I guess when it's your third, maybe you're a little bit more blasé about making sure he was there. But it also seemed to be a case of okay, the child arrived safe and sound. Uh, I think it was more than 24 hours after the match ended in Freiburg. So he clearly felt he was safe enough to come to the game and then still get back in time uh, a risky decision but then Joshua Kimmich is a born winner and I think we all know this about him so to keep him out of a football match is always going to be difficult I probably should have factored that in nevertheless yeah, yeah. The, the question is if he gets a weekend with the family after the God, Villarreal God, game. don't add more more confusion and uncertainty well, into this I, just, like, <laughs> I, I just wanted to, to mention what, what like we've seen stuff like this happen we, we have and it's exactly this time of the season where a few bizarre yes. things happen that just kind of yeah. catch you off guard now we've all been there before and with a home game yeah. against Augsburg yeah. but let's just not kid ourselves no let's not um so yeah ladies and gents if you're getting the premise of this show it's a case of we don't have a clue what's going on and we don't know what decisions we're making this weekend and you may be in the same boat so join us there it's a fun boat to be in right now so let's close the show on our player picks as we always do let's try and maybe bring a little bit of clarity into these three choices that we make every week to see if we can help you make some decisions with your transfers those valuable transfers we'll start with the vegas choice as always Flo. who are you gambling on on match day 29 i'm going with zero now 10.7 million i i actually think like he has a if dortmund has a good game uh reina can be an important part of that 
Um, he didn't start last week because uh, he, he was playing for the US and like there was not much time and he was traveling a lot. I expect him to start and the good thing is we know that because it's a Friday evening game and yeah, I think he's probably going to be in my squad just because I don't want to make other decisions and <laughs> uh, I mean, he's my biggest choice points wise, but otherwise he... he like he's a safe pick because at least you know he's in the starting lineup. Uh, no, very, very true. I have to admit, I did think about throwing out someone like Jude Bellingham here, but I didn't feel comfortable making a Vegas choice. Actually, someone I did feel comfortable making a Vegas choice, and this is maybe to the people that didn't bring in Alassane Player last weekend for Gladbach's game against Mainz. But if you're looking for someone that could score big uh, and has a very high ceiling, I think Braille Embolo uh, for Gladbach against Kreuterfurt. I mean, he's an incredibly physical striker that really makes life difficult to, for defenders, but he also had the most shots of any Gladbach player last weekend. I would anticipate that happening again this weekend and I don't know if I can see Kreuterfurt keeping two clean sheets in a row if I'm being very honest um it would be the third actually but oh. yeah I agree with that yeah you were right actually yes thank you two goalless yeah. draw in a row thank you thank you um, for reminding me yeah you're not wrong yeah. um but yeah so you're welcome then, then I think it's even less likely that they'll keep three in a row <laughs> than I did that they keep two in a row um and so I'd hope maybe the Braille envelope 12.3 million could profit from that how about your super schnäppchen flow? Uh, it's, it's like all my player picks were really tough for me. And I, in the end, I went with Jerome Rossillon, 6.3 million. Just because I'm like, I'm Wolfsburg for me has the highest shot on a clean sheet uh, on this match day of any team. Even even higher than Gladbach. Gladbach is probably up there, uh, I've heard. But that would be my assessment. So um, that's why I don't mind a player in the Wolfsburg backline actually who who can go forward. And we, we've seen him having attacking returns. But it's not a praising endorsement for me just because of like we don't know if he's actually going to play. And uh, it's, so we wait for the presser. But if we get some confirmation on Roussillon's status, for 6.3 million, I actually think in this price range, he would be my favorite defender. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's hard to disagree. He was on my radar last week before the the, the injury. That's why I, I ended up going with Babu because I had thought of Roussillon in the original concept. And so, yeah, no, I don't don't mind that pick. My super champion is... is 0.1 million less than flows um, and whether he's in the 99th percentile of defensive midfielders or the whole Bundesliga he's in the 99th percentile <laughs> of players I want to pick in my fantasy team this weekend I can guarantee you that um, his name's Anton Stach uh, he got benched we mentioned against Augsburg so I feel good about him being in the starting lineup against Cologne and I'm not sure he's got this massive 20 point ceiling in him but I do feel confident that he's going to rack up a few consistent points that I could rely upon yeah, and I think he has his ceiling. He, you just have to find the back of the net. Yeah, true. So, I mean, well, yeah, there was a game against Augsburg. I remember him. I think it was probably his, his best game in terms of fantasy output, but I couldn't also tell you off the top of my head whether he got to 20 points or not in that one. But at 6.2 million, I think, yeah, really good value for that Mainz midfielder. How about a banker flow? I haven't put one down, James. I know. Have you come up with one on the fly throughout the show? <laughs> not really. 
<laughs> I'm I'm just I'm, okay. I'm just as unconvinced by my banker because my banker has a has parentheses next to it as well, Flo. So I'll, I'll at least share mine because um, I was going to throw Danny Olmo's name out there as a banker, um, but the parentheses is that providing he's not in the starting lineup against Atalanta, yeah. which I could see happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. I could see you know Schobberschlei or Forsberg yeah. being chosen over him, and at that point, I actually really like the Danny Olmo pick against Hoffenheim. Yeah, I agree. I agree on that. If he's in the starting lineup against Atalanta, I'm screwed. I have no idea then. <laughs> I'm not sure. Maybe I go with Goretzka oh, as my okay. banker. Yes. But it's it's really, really tough. Maybe I swap Goretzka is my Vegas choice and I'm I'm upgrading G Reyna to my banker. Because I actually think he will do fine if he's in the starting lineup. There you go. Maybe that's the way to go. But we talked about that before the show, and I said to James, maybe like Sometimes if you think things through during the recording, you, like you see things clearer, but unfortunately not the case this week. It's, it's just... <laughs> we are, yeah. we're, we're failing in our job as no, fantasy gurus it, here. <laughs> but I mean, the good thing is everyone else is in this position too. So uh, it's, not, it's not like this match day as a whole is worse or better. Um, it's probably actually better if you want to uh, have to make up ground. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Um, I, I, I think it's tough. If now were unlimited transfers, how would the template team look? Very different. Really tough to tell, in, in my opinion. There are so many different routes where you can go. Money isn't an issue because we got like cheap, really good options in a lot of places. So... Yeah, yeah, no, I, mean, I don't think you're wrong. I mean, maybe the, 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 the thing to put out there is if you're not in this position where you have a headache, please get in touch. We'd love to know what you're thinking so that yeah. we can maybe get on the same page as you. Um, we'll see whether things calm down over the next couple of days and uh, as we hear the press conferences come out. Of course, I mean, at official DNL is your place to go for all the team news and all the reviews of what has been said at those press conferences. So do go check out their Twitter feed. But for now, I think we'll bring it to an end of this week's Talking Foosball Fantasy episode. Thank you for joining us. Feel free to get in touch. Uh, and if you haven't yet, join the Talking Foosball Fantasy League. For now, though, from me, your host, James Sorrow, Good Flow, and the rest of the Talking Foosball crew, Alfie Dehun. Alfie Dehun.